0: Hello, I'm Peter Mitchell, and welcome to CUDA's Standing Orders podcast series, specially designed to inform and support member credit unions. In this episode, I'm joined by Sean Fleming, Minister of State for the Department of Finance, with Responsibility for Financial Services, Credit Unions and Insurance, and Kevin Johnson, CEO of CUDA. Today, we're going to look at the future of banking and financial services at a local level and the potential for credit unions to grow and fill the gap left by others in their local town or community. Minister, can I turn to you first? There's been ongoing media reports uh, about the upcoming departure of Ulster Bank. A number of the, well, a couple of the banks have indicated they may close some branches and even possibly some of the post offices may close. So how how do you envisage local communities uh, being supported in terms of financial services and what role do you see for credit unions?
1: Okay, well, I think everybody knows already that credit unions are a key provider of financial services throughout all of rural Ireland and in the cities as well. And a very large branch network, which is to be envied, I think, by many people. And there's assets of almost €20 billion with loans of about €5 billion. So very big footprint in the 400 branches all over the country. And I believe, personally, I believe, the credit unions are well-placed to fill the divide left by bank closures in rural areas. And when I say rural areas, I mean most of them are quite significant uh, provincial towns. And I would be surprised if there's any of the locations that the banks are closing a branch in, that there's not a credit union just up the street somewhere. So I, I would hope the credit unions can continue to expand their range of services. And I was very pleased to see that CUDA credit unions were approved for the COVID-19 Uh, credit guarantee scheme by the Department of Enterprise Trade and Employment. This is a good example of loans that can go out through the credit union movement, um, up to a million euro in some cases, and up to 250,000 euro without a personal guarantee. So further development on commercial lending is, I think, the way forward, and In addition, 51 credit unions representing half of the sector assets currently provide current accounts and debit cards. So I really believe there's great scope for the credit union movement to move in. And I would use the word get more business for the credit union movement in all these provincial locations and some urban locations as well um, where um, banks are either withdrawing, be it Ulster Bank or Bank of Ireland or closing branches.
0: Very good, thanks, Minister. So you, you see a, an expansion of services. Would, uh, Kevin, would you would you um, have a similar view, or how would you see the changes occurring?
2: Yeah, um, yeah thanks, Peter, and um, and thank you, Minister, for for taking this time to to have this chat with us. Very much appreciated. Um, as you say, Peter, yeah, a number of banks have announced different levels of withdrawal from the uh, the marketplace, and um, it's interesting at this time that we, you know. When ethos and authenticity matter even more than ever in the delivery of financial services, so yeah, I agree with the minister. I think credit unions are clearly well placed. I mean, they are the most trusted financial services brand in Ireland, and um, and I think uh, that trust then has to be supported by continued development of our own capabilities and performance. So, and I think we're we're, we're very well positioned with the multi-channel sort of relationship style approach that we take Um, so I suppose the way we'd see it is that the credit unions deliver good value at the moment and it is about value we know people they do want to ensure that they're not ripped off that their provider gets to know them takes time to guide and advise them makes it easy for them to do business and most importantly then shares the benefits of doing that with them
0: okay okay thank you for that Um, Kevin, just while while I have you there, I mean, credit unions have always really valued their independence, um, you know, but there's been, I suppose, quite a number of mergers. There's been collaboration. Credit unions are really coming together to sort of share their knowledge and share solutions like that. But it has its limitations because obviously each credit union is a separate legal identity. Many of them want to come together to lend, you know, in a collective manner or want to refer, you know, members to each other do you see potential for, for that type of development?
2: Yeah, very much so. Um, we, we would believe that credit unions can actually do more and meet more of people's needs. Um, you know, they, I think they can certainly meet more of the credit needs for people, for businesses, for a range of community enterprises. And uh, Our feeling is that it's time to modernise our approach to common bonds by allowing credit unions to introduce um, members to each other, to introduce the, the business need to each other. I mean, ironically, credit union could do that with a bank, but it can can't do it with another credit union and then also to have the option to share loans which again would mean we could serve more people and maybe take on bigger loans by sharing it across a group of credit unions and and, and that's what is done in the likes of Canada in the US so it's very much a win-win situation for all credit unions and it would really make a difference if we were to transform our thinking around common bond.
0: Okay. Minister, can I just ask you to maybe just touch on that as well? I mean, when when we're talking about lending for larger projects, we're probably talking about social housing and other forms of, you know, bigger ticket lending. Do do, do you see a role there for for credit unions?
1: I do. But first of all, um, I want to agree with Kevin, the unique structure of the credit union um, is its independent legal identity. And that's really why it's so trusted. It's local. People know the credit union. They know, um, has not been ruled from somebody 100 miles away who just not know the first thing about the local community or their members in the credit union. So I think that independence is its strength. And, you know, I think it also is a, a difficulty then for some credit unions because it makes scaling up and collaborating with each other more challenging. And Kevin has mentioned that, you know, about um, referring customers or uh, from one location to another you can do it to a bank which is more difficult within the credit union movement so that's a point that he makes well but i would say um, there have been some notable examples of collaboration for example the shared services for housing loans and commercial loans and retrofit loans are positive examples and i believe that's the primary way forward um, through collaboration but I think you will appreciate that's a matter for the credit unions themselves. The government cannot have a role in saying to credit unions how you develop your business model or how you collaborate. We can talk and listen and support and give advice, but we're not going to be in a position. Uh, I don't think it. I don't think the credit union movement or people in the credit union would want us in any way um, dictating some of those issues. So. Um, What I will say is then you did mention um, the issue in relation to social housing. And as you know, uh, the credit unions um, have been approved um, to invest in Tier 3 approved housing bodies through a special purpose vehicle. And I understand CUDA have partnered with Initiative Ireland to create a fund for investing in social housing. This is a positive development and the diversification of income streams is to be welcomed. However, I I will say this, I believe the the bigger, I believe credit unions need to be more focused on providing mortgage loans and that they have the capacity to do this themselves. And this is essentially, um, um, I, I would say that to do this effectively, credit unions will need a shared service, like I just mentioned before. And I think this is very much the way forward. And I would think true
0: share services is going to be a key area into the future. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that, Mr. Yes. Um, let's just move on and just talk about a uh, digital. I mean, digital is something that's been, I suppose, coming at us for, for, for a number of years, but there's no doubt COVID has, as uh, accelerated or potentially accelerated the changes. And, you know, many more of us are doing more things digitally. This, this, this podcast, for example, um, uh, than we ever did before. but, and maybe these changes will be permanent, or maybe they will revert back to where they were. Minister, where do you where do you see uh, financial services and and I suppose credit unions' role within financial services going in terms of digital versus face to face?
1: Well, what, I think the first thing is is um, somebody says to me years ago, it's a famous phrase, you know, it's a survival of the species. It's, it's not the strongest one that always survives. It's the more the most adaptable one is the one that survives. <clears throat> and that would be my message to the credit union. You have to adapt. And it's my, credit, my view to, to many organizations. If you're not adapting with the changing times, you will get left behind. And I will say that, yes, we've seen changes during the pandemic. Yes, we see more digitalization. Yes, more people are able to do it from home. And I think um, my own view is, yes, there is a change happening out there. A lot of people are have access to cash cards and families have access to cash cards. And, you know, it's not borrowing. And I think that's the strength of the credit union lending to people because you are a credit union in the first place. And these issues of digitization and the nature of work and the opportunities for credit unions um, in the future, especially in all the provincial towns throughout the country as well, was mentioned in the action plan that the government uh, published just earlier this week uh, in relation to um, and the action plan for rural areas. And it's a long-term plan. It's not something for this year or next year. It's looking well down the road. And I do believe if the credit unions are nimble on their feet, which they can be, because they're not as big and as cumbersome as the big financial institutions, I think and there is great scope there to respond locally, which some of the big financial institutions don't have the
0: flexibility to do. Interesting. So, Minister, so you, would, you would definitely see, a, see a, you know, I suppose, a high street role for credit unions going forward, supported by, a, I suppose, a, a strong digital offering.
1: Yeah, there needs to be a digital offering because younger people will want that. And uh, it'd be very important. You know, there's two aspects. There's the savings, which is fine. That's not the problem with the credit union movement. If anything has a bit of a difficulty at the moment, they accept savings. I think we, we all understand that. And it's the same for every financial institution with negative interest rates out there, you know, so that makes it more difficult. But that's, that'll pass too, you know, you know, there are there, there cycles and there are there, there, there different ways that that, you know, um circle will change again as time goes on. But definitely credit unions that are going digitally um, will have a big issue uh, into the future except some of the very small ones who rely on a particular local area where they have a very strong customer base. But like all things, you have to look at the age of your customers as well. And you need to have uh, quite a mix of people coming through. And I think that's why it's going to be important. The digital offering is going to be the first thing they will look at, the younger people. Yeah,
0: I would agree. You just touched on savings there. It's it's interesting. Savings are now... You know, we were all trying to every institution was trying to attract savings a number of years ago, but now they're kind of regarded as loss making for banks, credit unions and, and even for even for the state. Um, and while I mean, I saw the central bank were, were, were out there recently hoping that much of the excess or the new savings that's been put aside during the pandemic will be will be spent during the second half of 2000 half of this year. But overall, in terms of the growing volume of savings, what, what do you envu- envisage happening with, with those savings?
1: Well, <clears throat> my view in the credit union movement, there's two have two sides, every balance sheet, and you have savings and you have loans. And I think the only way of dealing with um, the strong level of savings that's out there is by giving out more loans and having more balanced balance sheet, if you know what I mean. I put it simple English like that. And... Um, I know people will say to me there are restrictions on lending, but a lot of credit unions, the majority, are not at their lending caps yet. And um, if they're le- if they're lending successfully, you know that's something that can be talked about increasing caps further and the level of um, restrictions in relation to borrowing. But across the board, there's plenty of headroom there for further borrowing. And I think really the only way credit unions can survive is going back to what credit unions were invented for, uh, came about was to give credit to people who need it. They can save it sometimes of the year. They need loans at other times. The savings side of it is coming good. It got more acute in the last year. But on start giving out more loans in the credit union movement that's how credit unions get the income to survive by having a reasonable, modest interest rate and um, generating income. And that is the single biggest issue facing the credit union is giving out more credit. And I think if that happens, the, the, the savings issue will come right in its own time again. And I will say that one benefit to all the savings that people have been doing in the last year, it does mean it's a bit like years ago when you had the SSIA scheme. People got a, had a kind of a cash windfall that came to them, but they all came to borrow more to do extra work. So I see a phenomenal amount of work uh, people want them to spend money on in, whether it's the second half of this year, right through next year. I really think um, um, there's going to be great opportunities there to match people's savings with some additional borrowing to do really good work for a lot of families and your members around the
0: country. Very good, and and then in terms of as you say, credit unions do need to lend more. So you you see a, a broad range of lending, mortgages, you know, business loans, uh, home improvements, you know, even the stuff around the around improving the efficiencies of of people's homes. You you, you see a broad range of of loans being offered.
1: I I, I, I do indeed, and I can understand years ago many of us would have known the credit union was a place to go for a car loan, whether it was a second-hand car or whatever. Um, but now all the garages offer such financial packages. A lot of that business is not coming back to credit unions uh, like before. And it was a great, you know, somebody could have a loan for three years, and it was great, and they might upgrade their car after that. But I, I'm, I'm back to the situation. Give out mortgages where you can. And I would say, I th- really think, I mentioned the younger population. I really think the credit union should be doing more on student loans. I keep saying that if you get somebody going to college, give them approval once the loan and the fees come in to pay back the loan, the loan for year two and year three should be a very simple process. You're not starting a rolling loan scheme as I would call it. And once you get people in who are 19, 20, 21, 22, they'll come to you then when they want to do something further later on. And I really think we have to get um, people in it's because there is so many people need funding for college.
0: You are absolutely right, Minister. Most of us, are, most of us, still borrow from the institution we got our first loan from many moons ago. It's it's absolutely consistent. Um, Kevin, can I just turn to you then? Just setting aside COVID, you know, the economy is doing is generally doing well, but there is other macro challenges other than savings and loans that credit unions could uh, become involved in, including housing, pension funding, and the environment. Where do you see credit unions fitting into this? Well,
1: we've we've mentioned two already, housing, you know, and housing can mean construction or mortgages, but it can mean extensions, retrofitting. So that ties up with the environment issues as well. Um, I would hope down the road there will be loans for environmental projects. A lot of the grand schemes are, that are there for um, retrofitting houses and maybe some other buildings as well. Um, people who are self employed in terms of their business and um, the, the grand scheme only covers so much there's going to be need uh, for loan top-ups uh, I think in a, for a lot of these to actually work successfully and whether it's from a green environmental point of view a sustainable development or whether it's in the housing side I see great scope for the credit union movement because as you say you're a very very trusted brand name throughout the country you don't hear people ever doubting um, the trustworthiness of a credit union, the pension funding—I'm not so sure—and um, that's an issue that everyone looks to the, the forward. But when you're you're doing pension funding, you're investing again, and as uh, you know, I would hate to see the credit unions being in a situation where they have 20 billion of savings and 15 billion of investments in a variety of activities and a smaller amount of lending. I would love them to do more of the the savings and giving out credit. And that, I think, is better in the housing, the education, the environment, and projects uh, and the green economy that's really going to be there, you know, for the next decade in terms of requiring uh, a lot of finance.
0: Okay, thank you, Minister Kevin. Can I just ask for your views on the on, on those same same topics? Yeah, as well?
2: yeah, I have to say, the Minister makes some great views, and I, I have to say, I, I fully concur with his point around the um, the, the clue is in the name. It's about the credit unions and I think it's a great point, and it is about trying to how do you utilise members' savings uh, for lending purposes. So, and I, I do, I do wish we could set. Code would decide as you said it. I don't think it's as, as simple as that. But, but it, like the Minister's right. Credit unions have earned members' trusts that are very, very well positioned and they are the natural uh, fit to, to be part of the solution to some of those big societal challenges that you mentioned. Uh, I mean, on the housing, the Minister mentioned that our partnership with Initiative Ireland. We're unfortunately with the level five restrictions. Uh, it, 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 put a bit of a damper on on, um, construction but we're looking forward to that kickstarting again and getting that back on track but we would love to be able to see the other housing bodies, the the housing co-ops or any of the other community led housing providers we'd love to be seeing them become members of credit unions and enable uh, that we'd be able to actually lend Directly, and this is part of the, the bit around the, the the shared lending, you know, where credit unions could do it together as loans. And I, I'd agree with the minister; we don't want to be converting the balance sheet into just a savings on one side and investments on the other. It is about lending um, on the pension side. Again, it's a big challenge, as the minister said, um, but maybe there's something that we could do there to support, um, even starting with the education of people to to to, to move that culture into the longer term savings and demystify pensions so that people can see there's genuine tax advantages. So in this sort of low interest rate environment where it's impossible for people to get a return on savings, if they saw the advantages of pension, maybe they might migrate some of that savings into Future-proofing themselves uh, into pensions, and on the environment, uh, again, as the minister said, the retrofitting, we have our own pro-energy home scheme, uh, which is uh, is going well, and we'd love to see more credit unions involved in that. And I would actually just take the opportunity to thank the minister and his team for their help in addressing the the grant budget. Situation, which has made this now more of a streamlined process. Um, But it would be great if there were opportunities for credit unions to invest members' funds into some of these environmental-enhancing projects. I would take the opportunity as well just to mention the uh, the Minister's dead right about the lending. You know, we have our our mortgage framework there, we have our business lending there, we have the group of credit unions doing agri-lending. So... I, I think the Minister's point about you wouldn't recognize a credit union today to perhaps what was on the shelf in the credit union maybe five, ten years ago. I mean, it has moved on and it, it genuinely is the, the, the credit provider for, for, for community needs, you know, for the people in the community and the community itself.
0: Okay, thanks, thanks, Kevin. And actually, just speaking of the, you know, I suppose similarly looking forward, Minister, can I just put the, the final question to you? I, I won't ask you where you see yourself in five years' time, but but I'd be really interested in your in how you see the credit unions in, in in five years. Do you think they'll they'll truly prosper? I,
1: I think they can, and I would say it's, it's it's within the hands of the credit unions how successful they are. Um, I don't think anybody outside the sector can influence them. So depends, I use the word, how proactive the credit unions are. Inevitably, we see a small amount of um, amalgamation each year, maybe 10 or 12 are amalgamating each year. Um, Some of the smaller ones are amalgamating with larger credit, and that's happening organically, as I would call it. There's nobody asking or forcing that to happen, but people are coming to those decisions voluntarily We've seen a reduction in the number of credit unions over the years, but we're in the region of 200 or so now at this stage. And definitely, I I actually think, really, digitalization will be part of it, and I think some credit unions are going to be stronger. Um, Some of the larger credit unions will be quite strong, providing they're proactive because, you know, the the climate for business changes, people's habits changing. It's not about what's happening in the banking sector so much is that – Um, as as happening, what's happening in people's daily lives, where to go uh, for loans and finance and for funding and to deposit money when they have it uh, on occasions as well. So I think it's fully in the hands of the credit union movement, how strong they're going to be in the years to come.
0: Okay. Thank you, Minister. So that concludes our podcast in this series, which explores the future of banking and credit unions. I'd like to thank Sean Fleming, Minister of State for the Department of Finance with responsibility for financial services, credit unions and insurance. And Kevin Johnson, CEO of CUDA, for sharing their insights and views on the likely direction of banking and financial services and the role that credit unions can play. If you have any questions regarding the supports or ambitions that CUDA has for the sector, you can contact Kevin at kevin.johnson at CUDA.ie. Thank you.